I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Now, that's a punchline that's been applied to a host of industries and issues across the board. Now the city of Chicago is having a significant impact on private and small daycare centers because they're here to help. Or are they? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, the city of Chicago uh, is impacting many private and small daycares in Chicago. Uh, Many of them are having to close their doors uh, thanks to the city's universal public pre-K program. It's the latest example of government taking over the private sector in an effort to help, of course, uh, but often doing as they often do, more harm than good. Carrie McDonald joins us uh, to discuss her piece about how these daycares are being forced out of business, uh, again, under the best of intentions under government. Uh, Carrie is a senior education fellow at the Foundation for Economic Education and author of Unschooled. Uh, love this. Unschooled, raising curious, well-educated children outside the conventional classroom. Uh, Carrie, thanks for joining us on a Friday. Oh, it's great to be with you, Boyd. Thanks for having me. So so break this down for us. What is going on in the city of Chicago where you have some seemingly well-functioning private and small daycares uh, who are now uh, being forced out of business uh, because of this particular program? Right. So the city of Chicago recently um, implemented their universal preschool program for four-year-olds, and they are expanding it each year to more and more students. And an in-depth article recently in the Chicago Tribune um, brought to the forefront the idea that this expansion of government preschool programs is destroying the private sector market for uh, daycare providers and private preschools, they simply cannot compete with free or taxpayer-funded government preschool. Yeah, and one of those things that uh, that you noted in your uh, piece that I thought was interesting was that many of the owners of these uh, private businesses are, are women and people of color. That's right. So, again, to your point of the government trying to do well uh, by expanding the preschool government preschool program saying, oh, now we have universal access to government preschool, it ends up shuttering businesses that are small businesses primarily owned by women and people of color, and also really drives up the cost of child care for parents. And so one of the the points that the Chicago Tribune article makes and that I point out in my article at C.org is that often the four-year-old, the preschool programs that are connected to these private child care or daycare providers subsidize the sort of younger care, the care for the infants and the toddlers that can be more expensive. And so what's happening is that as these private daycare and private child care centers lose the four-year-olds to the free government preschool programs, 
they end up having to close because they just can't financially make it work for the younger uh, cohort of kids. And so what then ends up happening is the shortage of private childcare, private daycare programs uh, frustrates many parents, leads to sort of these childcare deserts is one of the, the terms that the article uses and uh, drives up the cost of the remaining available early childhood programs. Uh, and so then, of course, it's this never-ending cycle where then parents say, oh, I can't find affordable child care, so the government needs to come in and provide that government-subsidized child care. Uh, and again, this is all relevant because of President Biden's proposed American Families Plan that is working to or proposing to spend more than $425 billion for subsidized preschool and subsidized child care. Uh, I want to dig into that just a little bit uh, as you talked about this this vicious cycle that often happens when the the government gets involved in markets uh, and and it ends up uh, you know causing a scarcity in terms of providers the the uh, costs go up as, as you described it uh, and then there's suddenly an outcry that what we really need is more government help. Yeah, and, you know, we saw this um, the, in the U.K. They had a similar plan with uh, subsidized child care. Um, and what they found was that it pushed out these private daycare programs uh, and then, of course, led to shortages of care and, and um, outcries of market failure of the early childhood education and care space, which then led to rallying cries for more uh, government involvement in child care in the pre- and prequel sectors. So it ends up that the government is creating this problem. Uh, it's not a market failure, but then because of the fact that the government creates the problem, it exacerbates shortages and raises prices, it then ends up with people saying, well, we need more government to fix the problem the government created. That's right. It, it's the old, uh, we, we keep calling for more and more lifeboats because nobody nobody can swim anymore. And so we have to turn to the government and all that. And one of the things that you pointed out was that, uh, you know, that all of this vicious cycle, uh, you know, would make all preschools part of just a one more big bureaucratic program, uh, which then all of the strings uh, and requirements that go with that in terms of the content and uh, what is taught and how things are done and all the regulatory regime that, that uh, is part of that. Uh, as you look at where we are and where we're headed, uh, what are your biggest concerns in terms of uh, where this goes next and, and how does it impact education as a whole in the long term? Yeah, I know my concern, again, is more government involvement in family life starting at ever early earlier ages. I mean, now when you think about government-subsidized daycare and universal government preschool, this is really entering into, you know, early childhood and the domain of families where we want families to be able to have an abundance of choices, an abundance of options that really, you know, fit their own ch- child's and family's needs. And when you have a one-size-fits-all government program, you lead, it leads to more bureaucracy, as you mentioned. It leads to less customization and less choice for families. Uh, and I think that's the biggest piece of this is that it really erodes um, the choices and the options for families, particularly in the early childhood sector. Yeah, so important. Carrie McDonald, Senior Education Fellow at the Foundation for Economic Education, uh, FEE, dot org. You can read her piece there. Uh, and we're going to break this down a little later on in the program today. But uh, I think uh, President Biden's action today with uh, 72 different items in one executive order, uh, we're going to call it the kitchen sink executive order, uh, many of which I think 
fall into this same category of we're here to help, uh, but it might be making it just a little bit worse. Carrie, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks again, Boyd. You bet. All right. Uh, again, that's uh, Carrie McDonald. And uh, just a great piece. Just, we just have to be careful. Uh, every time the government says they're showing up to help, uh, the intention might be to help. But in many cases, it ends up hurting the very people that we're claiming that we're going to help through this. And this was a, a great example. Again, daycare centers in Chicago uh, being hit. Uh, the very people they're trying to help uh, because of government program and government overreach into those spaces. And again, it, it becomes this vicious cycle where one failure uh, by a government program leads to a call for more government spending and more government intervention. Uh, I think Carrie laid it out very well in terms of how this cycle plays out. It creates shortages. It forces uh, businesses uh, often owned by minorities and women uh, out of business. And then everything becomes part of the big bureaucratic red tape. And that's not good for families. That's not good for the kids that we hope to have in those kinds of programs to do better. So it's time to rethink I'm here from the government, and I'm here to help. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.